0: So, thank you. Oh, Karen, there she comes. Excellent. God, Karen, you went all the way to the back. That's really cool, Karen. That's really good. You know that Karen is a recently blessed grandma, right? Yes, three, number three. It's the first girl. So, yes. Talk to Karen. She's been talking about that for a while, you know, <laughs> and that is because you just love your child. Absolutely. That's right. That's, that's exactly true. Yes. So let's just um, frame, right? Today is the, in the liturgy of the church, today is the baptism of the Lord, and that's why we have this beautiful baptismal font here before us. And I don't know if you noticed over the years, but every year after Christmas, the lectionary reading intentionally begins and opens with this wondrous event that is chronicled in all of the gospel. In three of the synoptic gospels, meaning the gospels that are very alike, which is Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke, in three of these gospels, we hear directly about the baptism of Jesus Christ. In the Gospel of John, which is not part of the Synoptic, but is part of the four Gospel. we hear it as a reference to it. But all of them speak about the baptism of Jesus. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there is a first-hand account that Jesus is rising out of the waters. Okay? Uh, There's also a first-hand account of the Holy Spirit descending upon him. And also a first-hand account of the voice speaking from heaven. Naming and claiming Jesus as God's own son. And then to add to it, beloved. Matthew, Mark, and Luke say the same things. In the Gospel of John, we hear... From the words of John the Baptist, reference to that account. And we hear John the Baptist uh, speaking, saying that a word from heaven came to John the Baptist directly to him. And that that voice told John the Baptist, Hey, John, pay attention to this guy over here. He is the one that you have been expecting, he is my beloved. Now, I'm paraphrasing what John the Baptist most likely heard. But the point that I'm making is that three out of four and then one that does it somewhat indirectly are speaking about the baptism. And therefore, I deduce that as people of faith, we should sit up and pay attention. There is something about this moment and about the timing of this moment. And there is something significant about the event. And there is something essential. As a matter of fact, there is something that is necessary for people of faith, meaning you and I, to be reminded every beginning of the year who we are and whose we are. And the scripture says that we are beloved. Now, why do I stress that? It's because it matters. It matters tremendously because names are powerful. So how is it then that so many of us seem to have missed the memo? How many of you received the memo and remember that you got that memo saying about this? And then why is it that the true significance of this very basic and undeniable realistic event Why is it that so often escapes us? So it is uh, with this background that then I invite us to open our Bibles and to read from the Matthew Gospel account, verses 13 through 17. Listen for the Word of God from Matthew. Then Jesus came. From Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him, John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for it is proper, says Jesus, for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. May God bless our experience, as well as to our understanding the reading of God's Word. Let us pray, please. Creator God, you know the needs in our hearts, and certainly you know so many of the worries and the concerns that we have this morning in our minds. And Lord, we ask that you be patient with us to help us to set them aside during this time of worship, our Sabbath, with you and with one another. And as you help us to set these concerns aside, Lord. Help us to be aware of your presence and touch us, Lord. And as you go about doing that, draw us closer to one another. But most importantly, draw us closer to you, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So we establish names are important. Some we have chosen. Others have been chosen for us. Some lift us up and others tear us down. Whatever the case may be, what we hear about ourselves, they shape us. Whatever the case may be, what we hear about ourselves, they shape us. Names give shape and form to whom you are. If a child lives with criticism, he or she is going to learn to become a bully. If a child lives in an environment of hostility, that child learns to become aggressive and fight. When a child lives in fear, that child learns to be anxious. On the other hand, if a child lives with tolerance, That child learns to be patient. When a child lives in an environment of encouragement, she or he learns to be more confident. If a child lives with honesty, he or she learns the truth. If a child lives with fairness, they learn about justice. When a child lives with acceptance, they learn how to love and be loved. What we hear and what we are told about ourselves shape us. Jan Richardson is an artist. She is a writer and she is also a minister of the Word and Sacrament in the United Methodist Church. And she tells this story that is passed along from a friend of hers and colleagues of her, Janet Wolfe. The story goes like this. Years ago, a woman named Fayette found her way to the church that her colleague passed her in Tennessee. Fayette lived with mental illness and lupus and was also homeless, without a home. She joined a new member's class, and the conversation about baptism especially grabbed her imagination. And during the class... Fayette would ask again and again, and when I am baptized, I am, and the class would respond accordingly to the things that they have learned about baptism, they would respond, you are beloved, precious child of God, and beautiful to behold. And Fayette would say, oh yes, and the discussion will continue. Finally, the day of Fayette's baptism came. Fayette went under the waters, and she came up, blowing water through her lips, and cried. And she said, as she cried out loud, And now I am, and the entire church called back to her and said, You are beloved, you are a precious child of God, and beautiful to behold. And Fayette called back to the church and said, Oh, yes. And suddenly they were all enmeshed in the love of God. Two months later, Janet receives, the pastor, Janet receives a phone call. And Fayette, vulnerable as she was, had been found beaten and raped. And it was at the county hospital. So Janet went down to the hospital to see her. And when she came to the room, she saw Fayette from a distance pacing back and forth. And when she got a little closer to the door to the door, she heard Fayette softly speaking and repeating to herself over and over and over again. And she got a little closer to her and heard. What she was saying, and Fayette was saying to herself, I am beloved, I am beloved, I am beloved. And as she said the words, Fayette turns and she sees her pastor standing there, and she looked at her and said, I am beloved, precious child of God. And then catching her sight of herself in the mirror. Her hair is disheveled. Blood and tears are just coming down her face. Her dress is torn and dirty. She started again to say, I am beloved, precious child of God. And now looking at herself in the mirror, she added, and God is still working on me. If you come back tomorrow, I'll be so beautiful, I'll take your breath away. In the book, "Life of the Beloved," Henry Nowen suggests Henry Nowen suggests that it is very difficult, if not easy. To hear that voice of being called beloved, to hear the voice in a world filled with voices that shout, you're no good, you're ugly, you're worthless, you're despicable, you're nobody. These are the words, Henry Nouwen says, that lead us to the trap of self-rejection. And Henry Nowen adds, As soon as someone accuses me or criticizes me, as soon as I am rejected, left alone, or abandoned, I find myself thinking, well, that proves once again that I am nobody. My dark side says, I'm no good. I deserve to be pushed aside, forgotten, rejected, and abandoned. Friends, we may be living in a time when the question of identity has never been more pressing. And what a wonderful and clear affirmation to hear at the beginning of this new year. To hear the words, you are my beloved with whom I am well pleased. These are the words, by the way, that God spoke first Out of God's mouth, these are the first words that God speaks to Jesus. And even more than this, these are the first words that God speaks to everyone. Can you imagine that? That the first thing that comes out of the mouth of God, these are the first words that come out of the mouth of God. And they happen to be the first words that God speaks to you. To us. In this new year, God says to you and to me and to this church of the open hands, you are my son, you are my daughter, and I am delighted with you. If we could only move beyond the sense of insecurity and unworthiness that often drives us and learn to trust in the fact that we are loved unconditionally by God, who delights in us, we then will not be only experiencing a remarkable transformation within ourselves, but we will be seeing around us a remarkable transformation around the world. You see, baptism is nothing less than the promise that we are God's beloved children. That no matter where we go, God will be with us. That's what we were preparing in Advent. Emmanuel, God with us. And we open every single Advent Sunday. O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us. That no matter what we do or what we experience, whether it's deserved or undeserved, this is who we are first. Beloved. And that's the promise of Scripture. That's the promise of faith. That promise upon which all other promises rest. You are God's beloved. And that means all people. All. You understand what all means, right? We got some favorite people. We don't have some favorite people. But that means all people. And not only people, but that means all of creation. Martin Luther said that we should remember our baptism as often as we can. Every morning when you get up, whether it is that you take a shower in the morning or you just wash your face every morning, anytime that you encounter water with you, like yesterday was just pouring down, or maybe this morning you took a drink, ah, Mary's taking a drink of water every time that we encounter water, to be mindful and to be reminded about our baptism. And that's exactly what we're going to do in a few moments. That's why that baptismal font is here. In a few minutes, more than a few minutes, we're going to be singing the closing hymn. And all of us will be invited to come to the front and to remember Your baptism. To remember what it's like to emerge out of the waters. And to remember what it's like to have water run down your forehead. And if you have not been baptized, if you have not been baptized, to remember also God's promises to you as well that you are beloved. And just one other thing before we do that toward the end of our service. As we walk up to the baptismal fawn and dip your finger in the fawn. I want you to think about this. Baptism for God is much more about. Hear this out. Baptism for God is much more about accepting who we have been all along. Which is our identity before God as Beloved. It is to accept whom you have been all alone. When Jesus came forward to be baptized, it was an acknowledgement and the acceptance of his calling about who he already was. acknowledging and accepting his calling of who he already knew he was. And the same is true for each and every one of us in baptism. You and I say before God and before one another that we accept this blessing, beloved. We accept to be claimed and to be called beloved and promise then to live into such blessing all the days of our life so that you and I then become not only children of God, but agents of God for healing and comfort and bringing justice and love into this world. And as we dip our finger in the water, I would encourage you to please be intentional about remembering that what defines us It's the name that is given to you only by God. And that name is beloved. May it be so for you as I know it is true for me. Amen.